0: Welcome in to the Chiefs Podcast, Farzee and your host here with you for another episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast, the final podcast before Chiefs preseason games kick off. Very exciting, good to finally say that. I know uh, the wait is finally over. It's it felt like a long wait. Uh, of course, with the offseason transition with Patrick Mahomes now taking the reins, a lot of people very excited to see what he can do, wanting to see him, even if it's just going to be for a little bit, uh, I think people are excited to see Patrick Mahomes. Uh, take those starting reins and work with this first team offense in a live action game uh, this Thursday at Arrowhead and hopefully we get a preview of some good things to come in uh, in the regular season and that's what we, what we want to see obviously we want everyone to get out of this training camp in this preseason healthy I know the Chiefs have dealt with a couple of injuries and we're gonna get into that but hopefully the Chiefs can uh, survive and move forward and have a good preseason Uh, And give us some things, uh, some some encouraging things to uh, be excited about going into. The regular season. A lot to talk about here. In fact, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. He will join me on the podcast in just a moment. He'll be on the podcast. And then, as we always do, we'll do our closing segments. We'll go around the NFL out of bounds. And I'll throw my penalty flags to conclude the show. If you want to be part of the podcast, you can do so in a couple of easy ways. You can interact with me on social media. Facebook.com slash Farzine again. That is my Facebook page. Like and follow me on Facebook. You guys you can also follow me on Twitter at farzine Twenty One. Plus, email me, farzine at farzinevesugian.com. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. Hit the share button. Let your friends know about the Chiefstone Podcast. And a new episode will download automatically when available. And I know this month we'll have some somewhat of an inconsistent schedule because of the different preseason dates and any breaking news that comes to place. And we'll definitely uh, do an episode as soon as we can. And, of course, uh, we'll, we'll do a uh, episode episode recaps basically after games uh, as far as uh for this uh this game this Thursday we will do a recap that'll be out expected on Saturday um I'll record it probably Friday evening but Saturday morning for sure it should be up and live available on iTunes and Google Play Let's go to the phone lines right now and talk to Matt Derrick the writer and publisher of chiefsdigest.com you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick, Derrick spelled D-E-R-R-I-C-K, and he's generous to give us a few minutes of his time here on the Chiefstone Podcast. First time we've had him on the podcast. Uh, this is a guy who I've been following for quite some time on uh, social media, uh, does great stuff over at Chiefs Digest, and does lo- a lot on social media as well. Definitely give him a follow if you haven't followed him already. He is Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com here on the Chiefstone Podcast. Matt, welcome into the podcast. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you. I've, we've, we've, uh, we've been in touch on social media several times over the past, so it's great to finally get to talk to you and join the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I've been a big fan of your work and and I know a lot of times maybe not everyone reads uh your work online, but everyone's on social media nowadays. They're always following the beat writers, people who cover the NFL, and you're definitely one of the guys that's very active on social media and you do a lot of great stuff on there. But before I get into it, uh and if I'm not mistaken, uh were you with the uh Topeka CJ before or is Chiefs Digest a part of Topeka CJ?
1: We, we used to be, uh, Chiefs Digest, okay. uh, Herbie, Herbie TLB started it, uh, and I was uh, right there on his couch when we launched it. <laughs> I was, I was kind of his PR guy and his website guy and everything. So we, we started Chiefs Digest back in good grief 2013, and, uh, it took off from there. Um uh, Herbie, uh, he obviously made a great deal out of it. He's over with the NFL network now. Uh Yeah, we had a deal with uh, Topeka Capital Journal, so they picked us up uh cover all of our content. So we had a couple of different homes, and we've actually got a new one that's going to be coming up here very soon. So hopefully everybody can watch for that because it's going to allow us to do a lot of great content, uh, a lot of video, a lot of new things coming. So uh really looking forward to all the changes coming to the site this season.
0: Very cool, definitely going to look forward to that, and you mentioned Herbie, yeah, he he, he did a lot of great things with the uh, with the website uh, at Chiefs Digest, and I know, yeah, you mentioned, I know he went to, um, I believe he went to New Orleans for a bit, now as you mentioned, he's doing big things on the national stage, so very cool to see for him, definitely very happy for him. Uh, let's, talk, let's switch gears and talk about Chiefs football, because I know the past couple of days, there have been a couple of big injuries, and I want to start with those, not the way I wanted to start this uh, hit with you, but... A couple of big names, uh, or more notably, one of the bigger names, one of the, uh, probably the biggest newcomer on the Kansas City Chiefs, Sammy Watkins, uh, suffered a hip injury. I I saw some uh, reports out there saying that uh, he has a sore hip, he injured it on Monday, didn't practice on Tuesday, which is the final uh, practice before the preseason game on Thursday, and I saw you tweeted out there, Tyree Kill, Chris Conley, and DeMarcus Robinson were running on the first team offense. Uh, Give us some detail if you can, Uh, what's the severity of this hip injury, and how long is is he expected to be out for
1: it doesn't appear to be too severe um i i haven't been able to confirm exactly you know the, the nature of the injury and everything but no it doesn't appear to be too severe he was out on the field today going through rehab and everything and uh, doing some stuff with the medicine ball and doing a little jogging and everything so uh i really get the sense uh, from the people i've talked to that the chiefs are really just trying to baby this injury they don't want to they want to push it or aggravate it I sincerely doubt that he plays Thursday, and they they really don't need him to. It's it's one quarter of action that the the first team offense is going to get, so he, he can take that time off. Uh, but no, it doesn't appear to be anything significant. The only thing you don't want it to do is you don't want that to turn into something that lingers. So they're going to give him the time to heal. Um, if he doesn't play Thursday, I mean that really gets, that gives him until Saturday even um, just rest up, and maybe that time alone will be enough for him to get back uh, and start practicing again.
0: Another injury that took place was safety Dan Sorensen. Uh, I saw the uh, uh, the tweet from uh, Adam uh, Schefter, I believe, uh, that he's expected to miss part of the first half of the season. Uh, Leon McQuay, the third, I know he has some sort of a hamstring issue, so he has not practiced lately. Uh, and, and I saw you posted on online, uh, you know, Eric Mur- Murray and Armani Watts. Those guys had most of the uh, first team reps uh, with the defense. Uh, and you also talked about some depth with Robert Golden, but at the same time, Robert Golden has more starting experience than all of these guys combined. Uh, if you had to bet money right now, who do you think gets the start beside Eric Berry in Week One?
1: Right now, I would I would say it's going to be Eric Murray, but you know you know take that with the fact that the Chiefs are going to be in uh, you know they're going to be in sub packages. 70% plus at the time. And yeah, a lot of that time it's going to be, you know, a nickel package with three corners, but they're going to spend a fair amount of time with three safeties out there. So I think the third safety is going to be, get quite a bit of play. And that might be a rotation. It might be Armani Watts and it might be Robert golden, uh, depending on the situation, you know, and Liam McQuay certainly, you know, there in there too, and and they've got a young guy, Jordan Stearns. I mean, he's in the mix as well. Um, but I, I really think that from what we've seen from the off-season program and everything, and where they stand right now, Eric Murray seems like they're they're a third safety. He would be the guy that steps up off the bench, and that's week one. Now, you start talking about week eight uh, once Armani Watts gets more comfortable and and gets coached up. That could change. I, I think you know the Chiefs are you know the people I've talked to are definitely thinking that Watts can be a contributor later in the season, but they want to give him time. They don't want to rush him in there. They want him to get the defense down and be comfortable. So I, I think it's going to be a while, but that doesn't mean he can't be a situational player in the meantime. But my gut tells me that it'll it'll be if if Sorenson's not there, it's going to be Eric Murray.
0: Wanna talk about Patrick Mahomes because this is that offseason transition, of course, training away Alex Smith and moving forward now with a new quarterback in Pat Mahomes. Uh but the biggest storyline this offseason has been some of the struggles. Uh the interceptions he's thrown in OTAs, he's thrown a lot of, a lot of interceptions in training camp, and that's been on the front page of Espn.com on NFL.com. It's been talked about quite a lot by the national circuit. Uh, you know, and I I try to take preseason games and practices with a grain of salt, because I remember Tyree Kill in, in his rookie season, in the fourth preseason game, if I'm not mistaken, he had three drops in that football game, and I wasn't really comfortable with his chances of making the team, and, and look at him right now, he's obviously one of the best players on the team, I know Sammy Watkins, he's been making some spectacular catches in practices and OTAs and training camp. But when something negative happens, a lot of fans say, well, it's just practice. We, we we don't really care about this. I'm I'm curious, what's your takeaway when you see Patrick Mahomes and the struggles that he's had so far?
1: Well, it is, it is. Andy Reid says that he doesn't care about the interceptions. I think that's largely true. I'm not sure that it's completely true. But, you know, they do. They want him to test this offense. They want him to figure out what he can and can't do. <laughs> they would rather him do that in practice than you know, in a regular season game. Yeah. So that's that's what it's about and everything. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, you know, as far as being concerned or what you, you know feel about Patrick Mahomes and everything like this, the the one thing I tell people is that you watch him up in training camp, and my takeaway is that he looks like a starting quarterback. That doesn't mean that he looks like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady who's going to go out there and throw for 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns. But the way that he carries himself, the way that he handles himself on the field, um, the way that he reacts, even when he makes a mistake, you know, we, I think we know in Kansas City what a what a, a starting quarterback does not look like because we've seen some bad ones over the years, and we've seen some guys who struggled and everything. But the way that he carries himself, if you did not know that Patrick Mahomes had one start under his belt, you'd think he was a starting NFL quarterback, and I, that's that's a fine starting place. I, that's enough right there. That I think it gives him a good foundation to have a good season. I mean, it's, it's, there's going to be mistakes along the way. When it comes to the interceptions and the turnovers, uh, you know, some of the ones that have been to the outside, I really feel like those are, you know, really testing the defense and really, really to him testing what he can do. The ones that I would be concerned about, they're what I call the prototypical Patrick Mahomes interception. These are throws over the middle. Uh, they're typically intercepted by a safety or a linebacker or they're tipped. And it's typically against zone coverage, and it's really it's one of those things that maybe it's just a development point in his career, and and you can certainly talk about the defenses that he faced in the Big 12 not being as, as sophisticated as the ones he's going to face now, but he often doesn't you know read zone defense as well. I mean that's when the mistakes are made. You see a, you see tip passes, you see guys in the soft zone jump the route, take the, take the ball. We saw you know backup linebacker do that you know, last week. And and those are the ones I'd be concerned about. And if those continue and he doesn't solve that riddle, then, yeah, I mean, I think you've got some concerns. But, you know, he's got one start. He's going to learn and he's going to make mistakes. And if what Andy Reid says is true, that he doesn't see him making the same mistake twice, that's, that's going to work out in the end very well for him and the Chiefs.
0: I want to get into Andy Reid. I know you mentioned him a couple of times. I do have a question about him. Uh, A couple of questions left with you. We're here by, uh, we're joined by, rather, uh, with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Uh, I want to ask about the uh, running back position. Charkandrick West, a guy who uh, was on the depth chart last year playing behind Kareem Hunt. I thought he did very well in the times that his number was called. Uh, filling in for Kareem Hunt when he was on the sidelines, uh, but you look at him right now, I know he's dealing with a concussion, and he's very low on the depth chart right now, and some of the additions that the Chiefs have gotten this offseason, guys like Damian Williams, Kerwin Williams, these are not necessarily roster bubble guys, these are guys with starting experience, and guys who, if they're not number one guys on a on a team's uh, depth chart, they're, they're guys who can definitely be viable backups, and of course, Spencer Ware is coming back to the fold. Uh, what do you make of this uh, group of running backs right now?
1: Well, you're right; it's a really deep group, and, and they're going to have to make some tough decisions there because there's there's only so many of these guys that they can keep. And you know, part of the, the going out and getting this group was that you know Brett Veach really wasn't sure what he had. He wasn't sure if Spencer Ware was going to be able to get back before the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, obviously there were soft, the field issues with Kareem Hunt, and he, he, I think he wanted to protect himself a little bit if anything happened there from a league standpoint. And, you know, it, what they've got is they've, they've got a lot of depth, and they've got some guys who are, who play some really solid niche roles. I mean, Kerwin Williams, um, solid kick returner. And, uh, and that was kind of another, you know, it was another reason why you bring him in. Uh, Damien Williams is a fantastic third down back. And you're right, that's the kind of role that Sharkhandrick West has filled in the past. Uh, but Damien Williams has got a really rich track record of doing that. I mean, he, he's, he's a very effective catcher on third downs. His pass protection is very strong and that's the name that's passed for West on the depth chart and uh, without him being out there and uh, you know, with West being hurt, I mean, that's, that's going to hurt him. I mean, that's obviously going to set him back and, and it doesn't help that Damien Williams is playing as well as he is. So right now, I mean, yeah, I think you'd have to think that, that Damien Williams has got a pretty good lead in that race, uh, Nothing's over. There was always Could be more injuries, um, but they're gonna have some tough decisions because I'm not sure that with Hunt West throwing your third down back, whether it's whether it's or excuse me, where throwing West or Williams, you know, can you keep a fourth back with a Kerwin Williams? That's with some of the other roster decisions you're gonna make. That might be tough, but they're like I said, they're gonna they're gonna have the, some tough decisions to make at that position. But it's a position of strong depth for them.
0: I want to ask you, sticking with the offense, the offensive line, a lot of people are saying that Patrick Mahomes really does have everything to work with. I know we just talked about the running backs and how deep it is, but under an Andy Reid offense, it just seems like anybody that plays that position seems to do very well. You saw it in Philadelphia and you're seeing it in Kansas City. Uh, And of course, across the board on the offense, you've got one of the best tight ends in the league, Uh, some some explosive uh, players at wide receiver in Sammy Watkins and Tyree Killen and some good depth right behind those guys. Uh, But I think the biggest concern left is, you know, if Patrick Mahomes can make some good decisions, but not only that, the offensive line, what can you tell us about this offensive line and what should we expect from them in these preseason games before they start playing these games for real in September?
1: Well, I think they feel pretty good about their five starters. Um You know, they're they're still working their way back in. Mitch Morse is still working his way back. So, you know, I think you're going to maybe see the offensive line struggle at times during the preseason until they really get their chemistry back together and everybody gets down. Uh, you know, even Cameron Irving at left guard, which I think he's going to win that position. Uh, he's he's still learning the, learning his role there. That, that has not necessarily been his strongest position in the past. Uh, but the Chiefs feel like he's their best bet at that spot right now, and he seems to be embracing it more than he has been in the past. So that's certainly going to help. Uh, but when you get past the starting five, you know, they, you really start to have some question marks. And you know, and this was the same problem the Chiefs had last year. You you were able to go six a sixth man deep because you had Zach Fulton coming off the bench, but you have a second injury like they had last year when Morse and Duvernay-Tardif were at the same time. And you, you've got problems. And, and this year, I'm not even sure they can stomach to one because, uh, I don't think they have really have determined the who their swing tackle is going to be. Um, they haven't figured out how, kind of who their center guard backup is going to be. Uh, Parker Enger has, you know, had so much potential and, and I think everybody's been excited about trying to see him in there in that left guard mix. But, you know, the last few practices, they've been uh, testing him at right tackle, which certainly seems that they're maybe trying to groom him for a backup role. Um, they really haven't nailed those down yet. They've they've got a lot of question marks there and, and and essentially Cam Irving is their backup at every position. I mean, if if a tackle were to go down center, you know, Duvernay Tardif was probably at the only spot they might not move Irving to, but he's their first backup at, you know, at least three other offensive line positions. And in that case you, you would have to have somebody come in at his spot and, and they just haven't found that yet. So that's a big part of these preseason games. Is going to be finding out, you know, who the, who those those two swing guys are going to be on the offensive line.
0: Man, this is my final question before I let you go. Uh, I think you know this team is set to to do real well. I know a lot of people have mixed opinions on the defense. I personally think the defense is going to improve. Uh, I, I think the offense is going to do some great things this year. I think they'll get off to a bit of a slow start with Mahomes, but I think they'll get rolling uh, after the first couple of games of the season. But to, to me, I, I think the uh, biggest X factor, but also their biggest weakness is Andy Reid. I, I mean, you look at what happened in that playoff game, and I know it's not a moment that Chiefs fans like to remember, but, uh, I mean, gosh, blowing a lead like that at home. And and it kind of takes me back to the week before when uh, Mahomes was playing. They pulled Mahomes out. They put Tyler Bray in there thinking that they've got this game under control, and next thing you know, Denver's uh, back in it, and Andy Reid obviously put Mahomes back in there to try to win the game in the end. Do you feel like there's some sort of an overconfidence issue? I know he's one of the best head coaches right now and in in NFL history. Maybe one of the best to never win a Super Bowl. But uh, it just seems like, you know, for as long as a guy like himself has coached, maybe an ego comes into play a little bit and you start to see some of these things. And I feel like an overconfidence factor has really hurt this football team. Would you agree with that?
1: You know, what I I think that sometimes that that Andy Reid has a a problem with is that I do think that sometimes he tries to get too creative and he tries to, to outthink the competition just a little bit too much. And, you know, some of that is, you know, in some of the goal line situations, especially, you know, in the red zone the last couple of seasons when they've had some troubles you know, uh, he's been trying to think his way out of it. I mean, they've done a lot of different things. They've, you've had Tyree Kill trying to pass the ball. You've had Hungry Pig Wright. You've got a lot of different tricks that they've tried to use over the last few years to, to jumpstart that red zone offense. Uh, but some of their mistakes, you know, I, I go back to, the was in the Tampa Bay game, I guess it was a couple of years ago, um, that Alex Smith threw an interception in the end zone. And a big part of it was that, you know, the, the play that they called, you know, Andy Reid called it because he's, you know, he saw a weakness in the defense that this was something that the Tampa Bay was susceptible to, and that's why they ran it. It wasn't necessarily that it played to the strengths of the Chiefs; they were trying to play this, the weakness of the opponent. And you know, the opponent's some themselves too—they knew it and and they saw the play coming. And they read it pretty well, and and that's something that I've heard from other teams a couple of times over the last few seasons: is that in the red zone. They've known what the Chiefs were going to do. That they just get a little bit too predictable. And for a guy like you know Andy Reid, who you know is he's a creative offensive guy. I mean, there's coaches all throughout the league who watch his game tape every single week, trying to pick up new ideas. And you know, good grief, you, you saw the, the the shovel pass that he introduced last year. Everybody in the league was copying it after one week. Um, but, but sometimes I think he just he does overthink things, and I think he can get into his head a little bit. Uh, this, you know, with a new quarterback with Patrick Mahomes, that might not be the case. I mean, he, he may, this may be the fountain of youth to, to getting back to his old days that maybe Andy Reid needs. Because I'll, I'll tell you this, I mean, everybody you talk to, I know the stories have been out there, but it's true. I mean, Clark Hunt, Mark Donovan, all of his old friends, his other coaches, everybody says that this is the most excited they've seen Andy Reid in years. And it's obvious to see that there's a big reason why is that he's got a fun play at quarterback that he thinks that he can come up with some crazy stuff to do. And I'm, I think it's going to be pretty exciting to see what he does come up with from Mahomes.
0: Very interesting. Should be a lot of fun to watch this year. The Chiefs fans have been crying for a quarterback to be taken in the first round. Finally did that last year, and the wait is finally over. We're going to see that in action this Thursday in a preseason game, and then in just a little over a month, we will see all of those games for real. Matt, before I let you go, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about ChiefsDigest.com in case they haven't heard about it before. I know you mentioned some things in the beginning, but uh, what projects do you have coming up that fans can look forward to to check out on your website?
1: Yeah, actually, you know, like I said, we've got a change that's gonna be coming up this week, uh, uh launching a brand new website, um brand new partnership that we're gonna be part of and I'm very excited. So like I said, people are gonna be able to see a lot more content, uh, a lot more video, a lot more uh ability to interact, uh a lot more community functions that I'm really excited about. So I hope everybody goes to ChiefsDigest.com and checks those out. Um got some profiles to be going up over the next few days of some of the you know young players. You know, one that I really like is Arian Springs. Uh, cornerback, I think, is really interesting. Uh, I think people are going to want to know his story. Uh, that's the guy that's really got a chance to make this roster. Uh, he's a, he's a player with a lot of potential. Uh, so, and, and Blake Mack, I know a lot of people have been reading that story. Um, he's a really interesting player, too. The, this, uh, you know, tight end converting into wide receiver that's been catching everything since rookie minicamp. And, uh, you know, and I, those are some of the stories that, you know, we built Chiefs Digest on. You know, Herbie started out as, you know, really focusing on the the, the lunch pail players, the guys at the bottom of the roster, and everything. So we have a lot of fun doing those stories because those those players have a lot of great stories, and they're fun to read about. And and when those guys become stars, it's just even more
0: all the more fun. Very interesting, Matt Derrick, writer and publisher, ChiefsDigest.com. Go check it out and follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Again, Derrick spelled D E R R I C K. Matt, uh, great to finally have you on. I'm sure we'll have you. On the podcast, back again, hopefully uh, sometime during the regular season. Uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Appreciate you making time for us here on the Chiefs on podcast. Absolutely. We'd love to talk to you again. Take care. All right. Take care, Matt. You too. All right. There you have it. That's Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. I've been wanting to get him on for quite some time, so glad we finally did that. And a lot of interesting things from Matt Derrick. I will say I do disagree on the, uh, on the safety. Uh, position a little bit I was a little surprised I understand right now they're going with Eric Murray Uh and it is hard to say early uh, at this point so uh I, I get that aspect of, of it as well Uh but man it, it's just hard to go against uh Robert Golden right now this guy's got 12 career starts not a lot especially for a guy who's been in the league for six years but Eric Murray he's only got two career starts Leon McQuay the third only one start Armani Watts obviously none considering that he's a rookie so I I I Honestly, I think Robert Golden would be the guy who gets the nod for week one uh, at the safety position beside Eric Berry. And also, I thought his comments about Andy Reid were very interesting uh, in response to my question there. Listen, I I think Andy Reid's a phenomenal coach, but I have this love-hate relationship with Andy Reid as well. You know, I, I think the Chiefs have, and I've said this so many times and I'll continue to say it again, Going from that 2-14 season and then that 9-0 start, that turnaround, that was Andy Reid right there. That's Andy Reid putting work in and turning this football team around. This football team has gone to the playoffs, what, four times and five seasons under Andy Reid, barely missing it the one season they did in 2014, Uh, but gosh, uh, it's just so hard to go against Andy Reid, but he's also the guy that's hurt this football team in critical situations, and look... Maybe a new quarterback was needed for Andy Reid. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, a lot of people critical of him not winning a championship when he was in Philadelphia. Okay, fair enough. But uh, he still had a lot more success. If you want to take away the NFC coaches that made it to the Super Bowl for that decade, oh, but fine. I mean, obviously they they accomplished a little bit more than Andy Reid. Andy Reid eventually got there against the Patriots one season, but. Uh, Andy Reid's been one of the more successful head coaches uh as far as total wins go and even postseason wins go among active coaches not named Bill Belichick and I guess you know John Gruden's name would have to come back into the mix considering he's now back in coaching but gosh I really do think this season will come down to number one Patrick Mahomes and, and if his development can continue and if he can live up to the hype but the second thing is and I think this one's the bigger one here what kind of a head coach will Andy Reid be? And we all know about him also wanting to be the play caller. And when things start to go south, that's when he hands off play calling duties to Doug Peterson and to Matt Nagy, who, by the way, now have had coaching gigs as the Chiefs were undefeated with those guys when they were taking the uh, play calling roles. Uh, So that's certainly not an accident right there. So we'll see exactly what happens with, um, with Andy Reid because... If it was the quarterback position all along in which he needed a a, a refreshing start there, hey, look, all good. No one's going to complain there. But if things continue to go the same, gosh, I mean, everyone's going to be talking about handing off the play calling duties to Eric Bienemy. So we'll see how all of that goes this season. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. Reports are coming out that the Philadelphia Eagles may hold Carson Wentz off for a bit as he continues to recover from a knee injury that ended his season late in the regular season last year. And hey look, that's just perfectly fine because I'm sure you all know the Eagles have a quarterback named Nick Foles. If you already forgot, he's the reigning Super Bowl MVP, so I think the Eagles are going to be just fine If they're not going to have Carson Wentz for a bit, listen. We don't ever hear, you know, analysts talk about depth at the quarterback position because that's never a thing, really. We hear about that at the running back position, especially under an Andy Reid offense. We hear about that with wide receivers, with quarterbacks, with linebackers, uh, so many other positions, but we never talk about that with quarterbacks. The Philadelphia Eagles are the only team that can even brag that they have depth at the quarterback position. Some people actually mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs because they had Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes. Uh, It's very rare where in the way the Chiefs had it, kind of like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre for a while in Green Bay. Uh, But the Eagles are the only team right now that can claim to have the greatest depth at quarterback right now, and that's a very good thing to have on a football team. I do want to talk about the... New rule with helmet hits and whatnot, because there's still some confusion about this, and I don't think there should be. In the preseason opener, Baltimore was penalized twice for illegal use of a helmet in the preseason opener against the Bears. They won that 17-16. This is causing confusion for players and coaches because there is some incidental helmet contact, and players are getting flagged for this. And I can understand some very cl- close plays. I mean, it's, it's kind of like an incidental foul in basketball. Uh, obviously, not done intentionally, but a foul is a foul, and it's got to be called. So I'm sure the same thing happens with holding penalties. Players should know what they should and shouldn't be doing in terms of how to, uh, using their helmet. Because they know how bad a helmet it can be. Not just for the ball carrier, but... Even for the defender themselves, using their helmet as a as a weapon, certainly not a proper way to tackle. It, it, the rule says, you know, no headbutting, no spearing, no leaning with the helmet. I think they've been trying to enforce this in the sport for a long time, but now they've got stricter rules on this. And defenders and tacklers need to know that. I think it's obvious, and I don't buy into the whole confusion that we're getting here from a lot of uh, players and coaches. And it's mostly from the defensive side because those are the guys that are leading with their helmets still the way they are, and they shouldn't be doing so. So uh, I don't buy the whole confusion thing, so I certainly don't think anyone should be confused by that. Something people are confused by is the move made by Browns general manager John Dorsey. Yes, the same John Dorsey who was with the Chiefs just a little over a year ago. He traded 2016 first-round draft pick wide receiver Corey Coleman who has absolutely not produced for the Bills or for the uh, Browns at all? Trading him to the Bills for a 2020 seventh-round draft pick. Listen, you might as well have just released him. Some former players and assistant coaches have revealed that teams hate the seventh-round pick because they just pick whoever is the best available. They they don't have a lot of interest in in, in a lot of the guys in those rounds. Uh, I don't blame John Dorsey for one part ways with Corey Coleman he has not produced but trading him for a 7th round pick and be it in 2020 seems kind of weird to me if anything this tells me that the Browns are very confident that they could get something going at the wide receiver position with Josh Gordon coming back possibly and getting even, maybe even Des Bryan as that's been a possibility as well uh, so I think it's got to be one of those two things right there or maybe even both of them if they're that confident in letting him go for a seventh round pick two years from now, essentially. But nonetheless, I don't blame the Browns for wanting to get rid of Cora Coleman, uh, whether it was for a draft pick, a late one, or just simply releasing him. Let's go out of bounds. All right, I remember a long time ago, there used to only be like eight, nine, 10 famous quote unquote YouTube celebrities. And now there are a bunch of them. I mean, just about anyone who makes a YouTube video, uh, they get a lot of subscribers and they're uh, they're famous. They got a big following. It's monetized. All the good stuff. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of news about Logan Paul and KSI in a big boxing match. A year ago today, I had no idea who either of these clowns were. I don't know anything about KSI. All I know is he did a promotional thing with the UFC once promoting UFC 3, the video game. So I'm guessing he makes video game kind of content. I don't know. Could be wrong. Don't care. I do know who Logan Paul is because he caught a lot of criticism for filming at a place called Suicide Forest in Japan. I talked about this on the podcast. Supposedly, it has that name because people take their own lives there, which is horrifying and and, and sad. It's just never a good thing when you hear things like that. But Logan Paul decided to go there, saw a body, filmed it, put it on his YouTube channel. Why? Because he's an idiot. Didn't think twice when he did it the next day after apologizing uh, for the video and all the backlash. He took He makes fun of Japanese uh, Culture in a town that he visits look yeah, I, I, I don't know much about either of these guys other than what I've just brought up I hope KSI KOs Logan Paul. Uh, yeah, I really do by the way speaking of YouTube while I'm at it I just discovered a uh, YouTube channel, which is now my favorite channel Incredibly hilarious. It's called Cinema Sins. Basically, the narrator does pretty harsh movie reviews explaining everything wrong with said movie, even the most popular ones. Uh, Even the person with the worst sense of humor has to crack a smile when they see this guy's video. Uh, I I wish I knew about this sooner, but if you haven't, go see it. Go check out the channel. It's amazing. It's called Cinema Sins. Surely they have at least 10 of your top 15 favorite movies on there. They just have to. Uh, if you're a big movie buff, surely your top 50 movies are on there then. Uh, it's great. Check it out. Polaris YouTube channel while I'm at it. Uh, also, very interesting, Conor McGregor is back in the UFC. He'll be fighting, uh, by the way, a lot of people don't know how to say his name. It's Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, Nate Diaz was also set to return. Now, he's lashing out on Twitter saying he won't fight because he wants the same promotion as Conor McGregor. Now, he's got some other complaints with... Uh, The UFC not acknowledging that he was part of a lawsuit that prevented him from fighting. Uh, Listen, uh, he also thinks that he beat Conor twice. Chill out, Nate Diaz. Look, he's an exciting fighter, but at the end of the day, Conor is a way bigger star than Nate Diaz. Uh, He really is. I think Nate Diaz... You know, he, he lives in his own world where he feels like he's accomplished everything. He's he's won every fight out there. Everyone's on steroids except for him. He beat Conor McGregor twice. No, you didn't. Uh, it's, it's one of those crazy things. Uh, hopefully he chills out and just understands his role with the UFC. I do think he deserves better promotion. I think he's a very popular fighter now. Everyone's anticipating his return, but he's got to know his place. It's one of those know your role type of situations. And Nate Diaz needs to know his role. Uh, look, one thing I really want to discuss here, and this is not sports related, it, it, it's a very sad uh, uh, a very sad topic I'm, I'm bringing up here, but very, very violent week in Kansas City last week. From Wednesday all the way through Sunday, 25 people shot at least 13 different incidents. Uh, eight people were injured in overnight shootings Saturday night and into Sunday morning. And I said shootings uh, meaning different incidents there. This is going to be sound crazy and i know i said it's not a sports topic necessarily and obviously it's not but from this aspect could the chiefs bring this town closer and bring people together sounds silly yes non-sports fans criticize athletes for making big bucks i remember when lebron james signed with the lakers uh, cnn abc all these media outlets discussed his contract and non-sports fans were talking about how an athlete is never worth that much and listen I, i get it there are police officers nurses Uh, teachers who make way less and they do so much more for our community Uh, but at the end of the day there's a market for pro athletes and all these sponsorships for them but I I digress my point with this is you know I know athletes just make a lot of money and when they lose people say it's just the game which it is it really is just the game but when things are going well for a team it can really bring a city together look back at 2013 when Kansas City started 9-0 after a horrendous 2012 season Local TV stations were doing stories on sports bars, thriving and doing much better because of the team's success on the field, and businesses off the field were succeeding because of the Chiefs doing so well. Look how this town came together when the Royals had their back-to-back World Series appearances with crazy postseason games. Exciting games that came down to the wire. I'm not saying the Chiefs doing well this year. Uh, If that happens, and if shootings decrease will be a direct correlation... Who knows? I just hope the Chiefs get off to another hot start like they did last year, being the last team to lose. Because if they do, especially with a new quarterback, it'll excite a lot of people. And this town can come together during this team's run. Again, it sounds silly, but I think people forget, especially when a a horrific incident happens, sports teams always try to do something to bring people together. Look at the Las Vegas shooting and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, The Boston Marathon incident a few years ago. And, uh, you know, what the Red Sox tried to do to bring that city together. Uh, It it does sound silly, but we see these incidents and how sports teams do try to bring the city together. uh, And when they do that, communities maybe are a little bit more happier. And maybe these kinds of violent incidents go down. Again, I I don't know if that direct correlation could be possible. But, hey, look, I'm just trying to look at things half full rather than half empty because any type of change you could get you'll you'll take it maybe it's inspired by a sports team success in your town and if that's what it takes to see an improvement and have less criminal activity hey uh i'm all for it i don't know anyone that would say otherwise final segment of the show let's throw some penalty flags Wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin lashed out on the Carolina Panthers, saying Carolina was bad for him and that he wished he went somewhere with QBs that have, quote, knowledge that know how to place a ball and give you a better chance to catch the ball. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you are playing for the Buffalo Bills. I don't know who the quarterback for the Bills is. I mean, is it it AJ McCarron? Is it Josh Allen? Is it Nathan Peterman? Have fun with that knowledge of quarterbacks that he's talking about. Uh, Second of all, I guess some players in sports may have a bad experience with certain teams because of the team itself, or maybe they have a bad experience with the city. But you never know sometimes. You may end up going back to that team one day. Look at LeBron James and Dan Gilbert with that letter he wrote going after LeBron when he left for Miami. Luckily, LeBron didn't take it too personal and still went back to Cleveland. Uh, But maybe some might take that personal and not want to return to a team ever or, or work with you again when you make comments like that. Listen, never burn bridges in any industry, whether it's in the NFL or any place else. And I think Kelvin Benjamin is doing himself a disservice by taking shots at the Carolina Panthers. Now, Cam Newton has been silent on this. He doesn't care to respond, but a few uh, people on the Panthers have responded to Kelvin Benjamin's claims. And listen, I, I'll i just say this. The Bills and Panthers do play a preseason game this Thursday. Uh, and I'll tell you what. If there is an opportunity to maybe deliver, not a cheap shot, but at least a hard hit, to Kelvin Benjamin, uh, I, I think... Panthers players are going to take full advantage of that. I don't know if he wants to make enemies or what the deal is, but uh, this is just not a smart thing to do. Not a smart way to go about it. I think if you want to talk about a bad experience, maybe there are other ways to go about it. Or at the very least, don't even make it a big deal and it wouldn't be such a big story. And speaking of making enemies, new Broncos punter Marquette King... Being pretty dramatic, in a radio interview that he did with 104.3 The Fan in Denver with former Broncos wide receiver Brandon Stokely and Zach By, uh, I believe Zach By is the host, they cut the interview short after 90 seconds because Marquette King, who seems to be one of the more notable guys in the NFL, who who plays special teams, he was giving very brief answers to football-related questions. A topic he apparently had no interest in discussing, which is weird because you're a pro football player, you're you're a notable punter in the NFL, and you're on a new team, so the media wants to get to, 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 get to know you a little bit. He's been very uh, active on social media and with interviews, but for whatever reason, he seemed to not be interested in an interview, interview he did with 104.3 The Fan, uh, which is weird to even agree to an interview uh, if you're going to give answers like that. Then he has a back and forth with Darren McKee, a host on the same station who basically called out Marquette King uh, saying he should apologize for being rude and disrespectful to Stokely for giving these coy kind of answers. They go back and forth on Twitter like children. Uh, Marquette King says, keep my name out of your mouth. And Darren McKee says, or what? And then Marquette King simply just tweeted, not at him, not in response to him, but just tweeted, it all makes sense now, tagging former Raiders teammate Marshawn Lynch in reference to the fact that Lynch avoids interviews. Listen, I have done interviews with athletes who seem uninterested or don't really know how to give good answers, but if they're intentionally not, if they're giving bad answers because they're not interested in the interview, why agree to it in the first place? No one's putting you in a chokehold and saying, talk into the microphone or talk into your phone during this interview. If you don't want to do an interview with someone, you're not required to do it. You're required to do locker room interviews, but you certainly don't have to do all of these radio, TV, uh, special kind of hits. Uh, No one's required to do that. So Marquette King, he's being dramatic and all these issues that are taking place, all the blame he's getting, he's got no one to blame but himself. Okay, I've got a bone to pick. Um, I know this has been out for a long time, so I'm kind of late on this. Uh, the, and I'm referring to the Tony Romo Skechers commercial, which has been around since the spring. I believe in March this commercial's been out. And I just now noticed this because, let's be honest, certain commercials, I don't pay fully attention to them. I might be on my phone. Uh, I, I might be up and about doing things. Uh, if I can't fast forward through, if I, if if they're not on my DVR, if it's live TV, I, I'm not paying attention to, to commercials. But I was watching the UFC over the weekend, and uh, the Tony Romo sketches commercial came up, where he's passing through TSA and all that good stuff. And uh, Tony Romo, uh, his name comes up, and then underneath, in, in part of the graphic, it says, "quote Pro Football Legend." Listen, Tony Romo was very good. But he sure as hell was not a pro football quote unquote legend. Get out of here with that. I get that Skechers wants to make the commercial a little bit sophisticated and interesting to the viewer and just put the Skechers brand out there and let them know hey, look, a legend in pro football has, has, you know, they were our our, our sneakers here and whatnot. Uh, Come on, Uh, don't call him a legend. He is not a legend. Now, I mentioned this on the Facebook page and Some of you guys had interesting responses. Some people said, well, if you look at the way he choked in big games, they were kind of legendary. And I thought, you know what? Okay, fair enough. I guess, you know, it's all about perspective. I guess he is legendary in some capacity, just not the way that I thought they were portraying it to me. So maybe I had it wrong. all. Maybe that's a flag on me. I, I, I don't know. I'll let you guys be the judge on that one right there. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. My name is Farzeem Vesugian. A big thanks to Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com for joining us here on the podcast. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his work. Does a fantastic job on social media and with his work online. So go give him a follow and go check out his work. Uh, And a big thanks once again to him for coming on the podcast. A big thanks to you, the listener, for taking the time to download and listen to the podcast, making this podcast part of your day. If you haven't, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Hit the share button. Interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash Vesugian. That's my Facebook page. Like and follow me on there. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21 and email me farzine at FarzineFasugian.com. Chiefs Football, gonna be back this week. We'll do a recap podcast over the weekend. And we'll talk about what we learned from that first preseason game, and we'll talk about some of the NFL news and notes around the league. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekend. Talk to you next week.